Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I don't quite have the opening scripture, but I'm going to take a second. We're going to pray and we'll go ahead and get started. How's that sound? My title tonight is Give the Devil His Due. Everybody say, Give the Devil His Due. Let's pray right now. Father, we thank you for this night. I pray you use us as your instrument, God. We pray that you would breathe through us, Lord. We just want to be used by you tonight, God. Whatever it is that the Spirit would have for us, I pray we tune into it tonight. Let it be done in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You get me seated. Sorry. That was a really awkward pause, wasn't it? I'll tell you, I'm going to need one thing from you guys tonight. I need tonight to be a dialogue and not a monologue, okay? I'm going to need to know that You guys are hearing what I'm saying, and what I mean by that is whenever I'm preaching, I just need you guys saying amen. Can you guys do that? Awesome. Thank you. So in your Bible, we find the ever-famous story of good versus evil. For as long as man has told stories, and even before man, this constant rivalry has always existed. Good versus evil. It's it's. You know, Batman versus the Joker. It's, it's whatever story, Superman and Lex Luthor. It's, it's the underdog versus the, the big championship team. It's whatever it is to you. It's that battle of good versus evil. In the Holy Word, all of Scripture shows this constant battle between these two opposing forces, a battle for what seems to be all eternity. It's what started this whole thing in the Garden of Eden. In your Bible, it says in Genesis chapter 3 and verses 1 through 5, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing what? Good and evil. That's the whole idea. This idea of good and evil came fully into motion when creation decided to disobey the creator. All in a pursuit of knowledge. Eve did not know that what she was doing or what she was being told was a lie because a lie had never existed before. She thought everything was true because as of to this point, everything that was ever said was true. 
So the serpent brought her a lie. Sin had yet to be created among men. Yes, the serpent was so guile and evil that he was able to twist this new creation to do exactly what he wanted to, and that was go against God. Somebody say, ignorance isn't always bad. Sometimes I feel like I live by that motto. We know that the serpent was in use by Satan, amen. It wasn't necessarily Satan himself, but it was a tool in which Satan was using. But what I find so interesting here is that the serpent came suddenly in chapter 3. Everybody say suddenly. Because in Genesis chapter 1, we know it as the creation chapter. It's the chapter where God spent all this time speaking things into existence. Chapter 2, he brings man into the equation. And we, and we bring in Adam and we're bringing in Eve. Yet then out of nowhere, the serpent appears just out of nowhere. The devil has the ability to use his devices to be at all places, yet we like to misconstrue that and think that Satan himself can be in all places, but he cannot. Only his tools can be in all places. It's no surprise that the devil had influence all over this world and beneath. We like to think of the devil to be this menacing man in a tight red suit with a long pointy tail, horns on his head, holding a pitchfork with that curly Q mustache. Yet the true devil is nothing like that at all. I'm afraid that man has romanticized the devil more than he ought to. In Isaiah, the devil is known by his angelic name of Lucifer, where he was called the morning star. In John 14 and 30 and also in 12 and 31 he is called the prince of this world in John 14 and 30 it says hereafter I will not talk much with you for the prince of this world cometh in 1 Thessalonians 3 and 5 he's known as the tempter that causes your labor to be in vain I'm talking about the devil in Luke 22 and 31 he is the one who seeks to sift you as wheat and to destroy your potency in 1 Timothy 3 and 7, he holds a snare for those who would fall into reproach. In Luke chapter 4, verses 5 through 6, and it says, the devil taking him up into a high mountain, he's talking to Jesus, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power I can give thee, and all the glory of them that is delivered unto me, and to whomever I will give it. So he's got access to the wealth and the kingdoms of this earth. In Hebrews 2 and 14, it tells us that for some time, he was the one that held death for a time. We'll get back to that later. What we must realize tonight is that we need to be giving the devil his due. In 1 Peter 5 and 8, Satan is compared to a roaring lion. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And we see in the book of Job that the devil has access to your property. He has access to your oxes and to your sheep. Job also shows us that the devil has access to your children. He has access to their lives. Now, some of y'all are starting to get uncomfortable when I'm saying this but I'm just trying to teach you guys that we need to give the devil his due. He has access to your health, Job shows us. He can bring destruction to your family. He can bring disease to your life. He can cause me. He can bring disease to everyone to leave your side. 
You may be saying, David, what are you trying to get at, boy? We are talking about the devil here. I thought the devil was evil. I thought the devil was all these nasty things. Oh, he is. But I'm just here to remind someone tonight, you need to give the devil his due. Everybody say, give the devil his due. In that famous verse in John 8 and 44, ye are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and he is the father of it. So the devil is a murderer. And he is the father of all lies. But that's not all. He is also known as the accuser. He is your accuser. He will stand at the, all, at the end of eternity and he will accuse you of all your sins. He is your adversary and he will stand against you. He is known as the Antichrist. He is known as the beast. He's known as Beelzebub, Belial, and the beast. He is known as the deceiver. He's known as devil, the dragon in Revelation that's going to be thrown in the pit. He is the enemy of your soul. He's known as the evil one who stands against you. The father of all lies. King of the bottomless pit. He is the lawless one. The liar. Lucifer. He is murderer. Master of darkness. Prince of the power of the air. Prince of this world. Ruler of this world. Serpent of old. And the serpent that's going to die in Revelation. He is the fallen star. He is the morning star. He's known as Lucifer. I'm talking about the devil. He is the tempter. The temptation. He is the one who seeks to tempt your soul. He is the thief, the one that tries to steal your soul, and he's known as the wicked one. I'm just trying to tell you guys tonight, it's time we give the devil his due. Zach, can you do me a favor real quick? Can you go into this room here, and can you grab out Satan, and can you bring him out here? Everybody say, oh no. He's in there. This idea of giving the devil his due. We need to keep this in our minds because God is trying to do something in our midst. Yeah, that's Satan right there. You think that's, just put him right here. I thought this was pretty fitting. Yeah, that's Satan the trash can. Not only is he known by many names. I just listen to them all. There's more out there. But how many know that he's got many tactics? He's got many devices. That's the biblical term. He has an attack for every single person that has ever lived and every single person that will ever live. Just about for every name he has, he has a specific device planned for you. The Bible demands that we are not ignorant of his devices. He is like a prepared wartime tactician that for every opponent he will face up against. He has a device, a tactic, and especially for you. He has things like anger that he'll put on you. He's got things like, what's this one? Depression. He'll put that on you. Come on, I'm talking to somebody tonight. He's got things like anxiety. Anybody got anxiety? And you'll wear that. But that's not it. He's also got things like fear. Everybody knows that COVID 2020 was the year of fear. He's got things like church hurt. 
That's not one we talk about a whole lot. Divisive, division within the church. He uses that. That's a tactic of the enemy. That's a tactic of Satan that would use to divide the church. And then lastly, we have lust. How many know these are all tactics that the enemy uses? They're not really wanting to stay on me, but you get the idea. Each one of these are attacks. And each one of these are devices that the endless named enemy has for each and every one of us. And there's more than just this, but this just gets the picture. Each of one of this, maybe as I was pulling them out, you thought of one that you're dealing with right now. You know, pastor says that for preaching a sermon, that the best messages come out of what you've been dealing with. And I can say this in all assurance that Satan has been attacking me this week because I feel like what God is trying to do within this place, he's trying to get us to understand something. Each one of these weapons that the devil has that he will use against the children of God and each bring their own weight. As I began to pull them out and I began to call their titles again, maybe you thought of what you're dealing with. Maybe it's not one that I'm holding right now, but it's one that you're holding on to. It's one that's on your shoulders right now. It's in the back of your mind right now, even as I preach. You can't get your mind off of it. You can't get your mind off of the anxiety or the fear that you're dealing with or your problems or your marital issues or your bad finances. Whatever it may be, you got your mind on your situation while God is in the midst. It's things like anger and fear and depression, lust, anxiety, and church hurt. All these things are at the disposal of the devil. But, somebody say but. I believe we need to have a true understanding when I mean by the phrase of it's time to give the devil his due because I think that far too often we glorify the attacks. We glorify the weight over the ones that can get the weight off of our shoulders. We like to glorify the pain over the one that can give us the purpose. We like to glorify all this hurt and anxiety. We like to post it on Facebook, but we don't like to talk about the one that can make all of this disappear. We like to talk about how hurt I am. We like to talk about how so-and-so talk behind my back or so-and-so's dealing with this, but we don't like to talk about the one that can make it all go away because we've gotten used to the baggage. I've seen that we as a people have fallen victim to have, and we've gotten into the habit of praising our problems over praising the one who can make the problems go away. What are you trying to say, David? The church has been holding on to blades of swords that God never wanted you to grab a hold of. There have been attacks that we have been facing maybe for days, maybe for weeks, or maybe for some of you it's years. Yet some of us are not receiving the victory over these things like church hurt because God never ordained you to deal with church hurt. All we're doing is walking through life with our head hung low. We're cinched over with all this weight. When God's asking you, why are you still dealing with it? I never allowed you to deal with it in the first place. Somebody get what I'm saying. I don't wake up in the morning and choose to battle anxiety. That's just me. I don't know about you, but I don't decide just one day that I'm going to wake up and stir drama within the church to hurt others. I don't wake up in the morning searching for things to lust after. Each one of these devices are just that. These are pawns. These are weapons. These are tactics that the enemy has with your name on it. This is not something that you conjured up. This is not something that you made up on yourself. I don't wake up to choose fear. I don't wake up and choose anxiety. It's an attack that is on my doorstep. 
Mm -mm. So, so what? So what if they are weapons? Well, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but what? He's given you power and he's given you that of love and of a sound mind. If your fear didn't come from you and it didn't come from God, that only means it came from the devil and Satan has placed that attack on your life. Come on, somebody. I'm feeling my help in the Holy Ghost. An attack will only always come from the outside onto you and it will try to make its way onto the inside of your mind onto the inside of your heart onto the inside of your soul but what I know and I know it without a shadow of a doubt is that there needs to be an awakening of the people where you get this weight off your shoulders and you put it back where it's got to be it's time somebody get the weight off your shoulders and give the devil his too Oh, come on, somebody in this place. I would that you would begin to worship him in this house. Lift it up. Somebody say, give the devil his sue. You need to wake up with all assurance and courage to come to an understanding that if fear came from Satan, it needs to go back to him. If anxiety came from Satan, it needs to go back to him. If all my worry, fear, desire, whatever it is, all my lust, all my iniquity, whatever it is, whatever I'm dealing with, it needs to go right back from where it came. That doesn't belong in my family. That doesn't belong in my marriage. That doesn't belong in my children's life. Satan, you may have access to them, but I've got the right to send it right back to where it came from. Every arrow that's coming after my family, I've got the power to send it back. Every attack that's come on somebody, you got to agree with what I'm saying. Some of you are dealing with things in this church, but you've got the power to send it back. I would to God that somebody would get to stand to their feet right now. But when you do, I want you to stand with a, with a chest out. Come on, stand up right now. I want you to stand up. I want everybody to stand. Somebody stand to your feet this very moment. And I want you to start to declare to all of heaven and earth that you have had enough of the attacks. Maybe you like being attacked, but I don't. So I like to stand up and I like to tell the devil, you're done. You're done with the attacks. You're done with the anxiety. You're done with the church hurt you're done with the fear God I'm ready for a change I'm ready for a shifting I would that somebody just take your hands like this and begin to stir what God is trying to do in your life stir what God's trying to work in the spirit there's something going on in the supernatural oh God give us the eyes of heaven to see what the angels are up to right now because some people are getting rid of some hurt some people are getting rid of some anxiety some people are getting rid of church hurt whatever it is Send it back. I want to say this, that if you've had enough of the devices, say it right now. Satan, you can show up to my doorstep of my mind every day, but you don't have access to my mind. You can show up at the door of my soul, but you don't have access to my soul. Fear, it's going back to you. Lust, it's going back to you. And depression, it's going back to you. That feeling of less than, it's going back to you. That idea of lying, temptation, whatever it may be, it's going back to you. Somebody's hell Satan it's going back 
We need to have a Holy Ghost, God-given mind reversal. I know that drug use has been in my family for generations, but as for me and my house, Satan, that attack is going back to you. I know my family has dealt with pornography for many generations. Satan, it ends with me, and it's going back to you. I'm giving your due back to you. Every attack, come on, every attack you sent my way, I'm sending it back to you. I'm sending it You may be seated. I would to God that somebody would just make up your mind that the pointless battles end tonight. Mom talks about it in the year 2020. We know, we know this good and well. She was diagnosed with cancer, but she was sick for four months beforehand, and they wouldn't diagnose her. The doctors told her she had allergies. She went again. They said, it's Indiana. You got allergies. Congratulations. She went to another doctor. They said, well, you maybe have COVID. She went to another doctor. They said, you got bronchitis. They sent her to a specialist. They said, you got lung cancer. And It's my mom, so I'm going to say it. It's the testimony, and I love it. The type of cancer she had was called ground glass. The survival rate's five months. She was diagnosed three years ago. She should have died. She should be long gone right now. But she's actually in Las Vegas right now speaking to some women because somebody decided the attack that's on me. I'm flipping the script and sending it back to you, Satan. God's getting tired of you just having weekend victories. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of dealing with hell on my weekdays, Monday through Saturday, just to come in on Sunday, get my victory, to wake up Monday morning and hell's sitting there waiting for me again. I got to go through hell again. God's tired of your weekend victories and he's tired of his weekend relationship with you. If you want week through victories, you're going to have to have a relationship with, with him throughout the week. It can't just be a Sunday thing. You can't just get your victory on Sunday and hope for the best on Monday. You can't just get delivered on Sunday and hope that it'll last you till Saturday or maybe you can just get through it. You could go through hell and maybe just end up on the other side. No, God is saying if you want the victory, you got to be with me. I think that for some of us, we need to have a stake in the ground type of moment tonight. We like to think that God can only move when everything's just thumping and bumping. We know that from the get, it was going to be awesome. We had an evangelist coming in. We had a special speaker coming in. And so we know God's going to move. I love Brother Wilkes, and I love it that when he comes, we have an expectancy. But it's not just because Brother Wilkes comes that we have a move of God. We can have a move of God no matter what's happening. We can have a move of God when it's just prayer meeting. When you're in your car because you've got the Holy Ghost down deep inside of you, you can have a move of God moment. You can have prophetics. You can have tongues and interpretation. You can touch heaven within your car because you've got the Holy Ghost inside of you. 
You need to have a, a stake in the ground type of moment. I would that somebody tonight would look up into the air. And if you could just see what the psalmist said, it was the arrows flying by day. You could just see it. You know the attacks that are waiting for you tomorrow. You know the attacks probably that aren't even going to wait for you to get to tomorrow. They'll hit you by the time you've got on your pillow tonight. But you can see the arrows. You can start naming them the devices that are coming after you. The psalmist also said it was the arrows by day and the terror by night. You can think of the creeping things that are seeking to destroy you. You can think of the attacks that Satan has on you. And much like the prophet, I believe that you can demand the, that demanded the sun and the moon to stop. I'm waiting on someone to take an apostolic authority over their life and prophesy to the arrows that fly by day and to the terrors that come by night that says, Satan, every arrow that you've got, every weight and burden that you have for me, I send it to the gates of hell. Satan, you listen to this preacher right now. I declare it. If I'm not declaring it to anybody in the house tonight, I'm declaring it over me and my family. I declare it under the authority of God Almighty. Every devil that hides himself in my family, I bind it and I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Every devil that's in this church, I rebuke it under the blood of Jesus Christ. Every devil that would come against us, every devil that would seek to destroy us, I rebuke it and send it back to the gates of hell and I curse you in the name of Jesus. Satan, you can take yourself and every evil, wicked, and vile spirit, and you can go all the way back to hell for all of eternity. I would that somebody would begin to clap their hands and shout unto the Lord right now and declare it that we are not going to just stand by and just deceive it and we'll receive these attacks, receive the arrows. Come on, somebody, shout it unto the Lord. Shout unto God and declare your victory right now. Declare it unto God, O Lord. Lord. Because now we've had a good moment. I've been preaching for about 20 minutes. We, we've, we've gotten all that out. We've escorted our weak old selves out the door and we told every attack, go to hell. It's time we get our minds off the attacks. I know how powerful these devices can be. But I'm not going to be worried about thinking about lust all the time. Sometimes we deal with these things so much that even when we're trying to get the victory, all we can think about are these devices. But don't worry about what Monday holds for you. As of right now, I declare it in Jesus' name that it's time for a divine reversal of our minds. And I believe it's time that we take time to give God his due. It's time we get our mind off of Satan. It's it's time we get our mind off the devices. I don't care what Monday had for me. I don't care what kind of hell I went through. Get your mind off the mess. Get your mind off the junk and get it on God. Somebody shout it out in this place. Come on, give God his two. Shout it! Yeah. 
We've fallen victim to being co so concerned about our worries, our problems, our attacks. That's all we can think about. That's all our minds are wrapped around. But yet we haven't given God Almighty what is rightfully due unto Him. You want to know what is due unto God? It's our praises. It's our unending praises due unto him. Psalmist writes in 111 verses 1 and 2, Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright, in the congregation. He's talking about right here and right now. The works of the Lord are great. Sought out of all of them have the pleasure therein. You need a reminder of his goodness. I don't know about you, but like that old song says, when I think of his goodness and all he's done for me, when I think of what he's done in my life. And then he writes in Psalms 145, I will extol thee, my God, O King. I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee. I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unto searchable one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare almighty acts you guys can be seated but i ask if all the saints over 50 i know that's kind of rude but if you're over 50 would you please stand What I like to call them is these, these are elders of Zion. And I wonder if just for 30 seconds, if our elders could do what the psalmist is saying. One generation shall praise thy works to another. Church, these are our leaders. These are our leaders. Can our elders begin to worship the Lord right now? Take authority in Jesus' name. Take authority over your family, over your children, over your grandchildren, and declare the goodness of the Lord right now. Come on, church. Watch your elders. Watch them right now. Watch your elders begin to worship God. Come on. Some of you have seen some things. Some of you have gone through and seen and witnessed the favor of God. I'm so thankful for our elders. I'm thankful that this is a church of heritage. And I'm so thankful for people like Brother John. I love this man so much. I love you, Brother John. And I see him, and he'll go up, and he'll lift his hands, and he'll worship. He'll go to the front and begin to worship God. And some of us fools think, well, what's he doing? He doesn't have to do that. That kind of worship's for young people. That kind of worship's for people that are, that are really troubled. But I think of what kind of miracle is standing right there. And I think of, if I could speak for Brother John, when I think of the goodness of God, and I think of all that he's done for me. There's something that happens inside of me that can't do anything but praise God. Yes, I dealt with that, but I'm done with that. And so now I've got time to worship God. 
some of you may say, it's, it, it's, it's all, all that he has done for me when I think of God and I take an evaluation of all of his goodness and his greatness. It says he's unsearchable. My soul doesn't know to do anything else but praise him. You may be seated. Thank you. Some of you still haven't quite got the idea that I'm trying to get. Some of you are still holding on to your attacks. What I'm about to do is going to be a representation of what some of us are going to do, maybe even tomorrow or even tonight. But you're going to see these attacks, and you're going to pick them up. Well, that was a great service. The choir sang awesome. That was great worship. That word was good. It blessed me. But man, I just need to, I need to kind of go back to what feels good. I need to go back to that comfortability and what I'm used to. Man, Monday was kind of hard at school, so I'm just going to stick to what, I, what I'm used to. Man, work's been really battling me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to that, that phone late at night and watch things I'm not really supposed to. I want to start dwelling on things that God told me not to because it's comfortable to me. I'm used to it. And what have we done? We've picked up all the baggage and we just spent a whole day getting rid of. Some of us got to go through a Sunday morning service so we can get ready for a Sunday night service so we can get the victory just to be bound again on Monday. But what we need to make up in our minds you have to make it up in your mind. I can't make it up for you. I'd love to. I'd love to be able to say that every sin in this church is never going to happen again. That every attack that the enemy is going to try to throw you away is never going to reach its target. But I can't. I'm human. You're human. We're going to mess up again. We're going to sin again. We're going to pick up these sins again. But there's got to be something in your mind it's got to trigger something. There's got to be a moment that you decide enough is enough. I know I've dealt with this. I've dealt with it for 10 years. I've dealt with it for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, whatever. I've dealt with it for one year. There's going to have to be something inside of you that decides I'm done with the mess. I'm done with the sin. I'm done with anxiety. And I'm sending it back to exactly where it came. Satan, God did not create fear. Satan, God did not create this anxiety or depression. You did. So I'm giving you what's rightfully yours. I don't have to worry. As long as I live right, I got the Holy Ghost. I've baptized in Jesus' name and I'm walking with God. I don't have to worry about a lake of fire. He does. I don't know about you, but what kind of assurance is this book? I heard a story that a, a dad was hearing his son, he was reading a book, and every now and then he got scared. He said, Dad, I don't want to finish this book. I'm too scared. The bad guy's just attacking the good guy over and over and over again. And so I'm worried. Is he going to die? Or, or what is he going to lose? What is it? 
And the dad said, go to the back of the book, son. Read the last page and then go back and start the book. And he said later on that day, he heard his son just laugh. He would read for a little bit and he'd laugh. Read again and he'd laugh. He said, son, what in the world are you doing? He said, dad, once I read the back of the book, every time I saw the bad guy attacking the good guy, I couldn't help but laugh because I knew what happens in the end. I knew the end of the story. I know how the story, I know where their period is at. I know when it's all said and done, who wins and who doesn't. And I've come to remind the church, we're on the winning side. We're on the side that gets victory. We're on the side that receives miracle signs and wonders. We're not on the side that deals with all these things. We're not on the side that has to dwell in these things. We've got the victory. Would you stand to your feet right now and the rest of the musicians make your way, singers. For some of you, you're still not getting the idea. Some of you are still holding on to your tax. Some of you are still letting Satan take up place in your mind and in your heart. You're letting him take up real estate in a spot that really he doesn't deserve. But I wonder if just for 10 seconds, if we begin to lift up a sacrificial praise there's a reason the Bible calls it sacrificial. Because it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost you. It's not going to be easy. If praise was easy, everybody could do it. But a sacrificial praise gets a hold of God. There's a reason why God said it was the effectual fervent prayer that avails much. It's that extra step. So I wonder for just a few seconds, if you can clap your hands, if you can shout, whatever it is, get God's attention. Get God's attention right now. If you need to step out, do it. If you need to come to these altars, do it. But somebody get a hold of God. If you need to come to these altars, do it. I'm not gonna do an altar call. I'm gonna let that be up to you. But somebody make up in your mind. I'm done with it all. Come on, somebody, lift up your voices in this place. Lift up a shout of praise in this house. Come on and lift it up. It's called a sacrifice and it's due unto God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Begin to worship him. There's something shifting in the supernatural right now. This is a breakthrough moment for some of you. You need to let go and let God have his way. You need to let go and let God. You need to let go and let God. Some of you need to get rid of your dignified self. Some of you need to get rid of your authority. Come on, come on, come on. Everybody, every heart, every mind, lift it up right now from the very front of the house to the back. Lift up a shout of praise. Don't let it stop. Don't let it cease. It's ever ending. Come on, somebody lift it up in this house right now. Somebody begin to act it out right now. Come on, you're right there by your breakthrough. You're right there by your breakthrough. 
shout it out unto God. What I don't want this altar call to be, you guys aren't here to be a choir. What I mean by that is, I'm trying to say it politely, is sometimes, I know I've done this, I've fallen victim when I get into the altar call, is that I like to just sit there and sing the words and not get involved. But I want you to take your attention to something in 2 Samuel chapter 6. David has just brought the Ark of the Covenant back to the city of Jerusalem. He's brought it back. Of course, we know that every time he was bringing it back, he would take six paces and begin to worship God. There's nowhere in your Bible where that was a commandment. If I'm wrong, Bishop, correct me. There's nowhere in the Bible that told David to do that. That was within himself. And so David begins to worship in 2 Samuel chapter 6. And, and, and however, the worship that David began to give God rubbed his wife the wrong way. His wife was the daughter of Saul and Michael. And it rubbed her the wrong way because it says in this, in verses 20, Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly unclothed himself. He said, David, the way you worshipped was evil. It was in vain because you were dancing in front of the handmaids. She got mad because his kingly robe came off. Michael was mad of the way David was worshiping, but there is a reason why God called David a man after my own heart. And David said unto Michael, it was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house. God appointed me to be a worshiper before he appointed me to you. And he appointed me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord. But what I like in that next verse, in verse 22, and I love it what the NIV version says. Michael, you may have a, a bad way with the reason I'm worshiping, but he says, I will become even more undignified in my worship. I will become... Come on, somebody. I will become even more flamboyant in my worship. I will be louder. Because when I think of what God has done in me, and I think of his goodness, I can't help but begin to worship him. Somebody clap your hands and shout unto the Lord right now and begin to worship him. My praise may look radical to you, but there's a reason behind my praise. Come on and give God what's due unto him right now. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast 
and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.